0: Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network.
1: Hey, listeners. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork
0: Barbecue, ribs, you.
2: Where can you find the best tasting authentic Caribbean food in Tampa Bay? It's all at Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant in Downtown Largo. Island Vibes has delicious jerk chicken, fresh seafood, Caribbean soup, salads, sandwiches and more. Don't miss happy hour from 4pm to close and live entertainment on Friday nights. Check out Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant at 351 West Bay Drive in Largo or call 727-240-4420 to check out their amazing Caribbean menu. Visit SweetIslandVibes.com. Hi.
0: Yeah. Go wash out for dinner, Pumpkinhead. Okay, I got it. We gotta get out of here. What are you doing? Come on. The Shelton case. Where are we? Let's make the deal. They killed a little girl there. Some justice is better than no justice at all. You need to tell the husband. No, I don't understand. With Darby's testimony, Ames will go to death row. What? The jury's gonna believe me. Bill was done. I'm sorry. This is just how the justice system works.
1: What was supposed to be a painless execution has turned into something out of a horror film.
0: The machine was corrupted. Who could have done this? I killed your friend Ames in prison, but I wanted to keep you all for myself. Your heart is beating so fast. Me too. Did you murder Clarence Darby? He killed my wife and child. I guess we've done it. Counselor. You might want to cancel your 12.30 lunch with Judge Roberts. Hello? You and whoever else you have helping you are gonna pay. Now you're the one who makes deals with murderers, yeah. So I've come to make mine. Release me. For what? Or right, I kill everyone. We have him locked up and he's still killing people?
2: I found a couple of contract payments
3: from the Department of Defense.
0: Tell us what we're dealing with, a spy? Spies are a diamond dozen. Clyde is a brain, and he was the best. If Clyde wants you dead, you're dead. We're gonna lock the city down, put an armed cop on every corner. He's in jail because he wants to be in jail. <laughs> I'm gonna bring the whole system down on your head. It's got to be biblical. You will end this. I'm just getting warmed up. right on Nostalgic Cars and Radios, it's
1: no, it's Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Oh yeah, that's right.
0: Hey everybody, this is Mark Farner, the founding member of Grand Funk Railroad, and I'm listening to Nostalgic Radio in Cars, where they'll knock you alive.
1: Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computer and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. And like Mark Farner said, we're going to knock you alive here. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, go to our website and visit our podcast page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Good evening, Bobby. Would you like to do the honors as far as the social media?
2: How you doing? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, we're at Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, LinkedIn, YouTube, Nostalgia Gradient Cars, and at NRC on air.
1: That's right. So, hey, we got a great show for you tonight. We got a special guest coming on. And let's talk a little bit about what we did this past weekend. I think we had a pretty busy weekend. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page and like us, double like us, triple like us, quadruple like us on Facebook because we had a number of little things that we did. The first thing we did is we went to the... Uh, DuPont Registry cars and coffee at the Peter O'Knight Airport out on Davis Island, and uh, that was pretty pretty impressive. Uh, we actually drove over there, and Miss Moneypenny, which is our nineteen seventy four MGB GT, the poor man's Aston Martin,
2: which you can follow all of Miss Money Penny's adventures on uh, Nostalgic Radio
1: and Cars Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she's she's pretty popular now because she's getting around and. Uh, she, uh, she, 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 she's a British car, okay? She's an MGB GT, and she's a lot of fun, but we've been doing some little modifications and little things tours, And, uh, but we've also had to do some mechanical things, which is typical British, you know, we've had to do the brakes, and then we've had to do clutch cylinder, and then we had to do the brakes again, and then we had to do a little electrical, and, of course, our good friend Alan, who's probably tuned in tonight. Uh, Always comes to the rescue. Thank you, Alan. And uh, he uh, always manages to keep me kind of like uh, in the move in the car. Uh, Recently, my good friend Mike over in Tampa loaned me a really cool vintage Han, H-A-N-N, Wilhelm Han wood steering wheel, which is the latest accessory. And then I stuck my old MGB logoed wood grain shift knob back on there. So now it has a little bit more of a classy look, kind of like an Aston Martin, which is what we're going for, you know and uh so that's kind of like one of the finishing touches actually there's three things that we have to do yet my buddy scott over in tampa who's also a british car guy is going to help me get a set of vintage round lucas fog lights uh we need a set of sport mirrors that look somewhat like uh talbot racing mirrors or maybe a set of ray dots and let's see what else we need for the car yet oh yeah we need the radio block off plate because we're going to put that in the dash since we don't have a radio right bobby Oh yeah, we need it. We should have. one. We should have a radio in there, but uh, we're going to figure out what to do about that because with today's technology, you can hide a radio anywhere in the car, right? So that's true. But and we, listen
2: to nostalgic radio in cars.
1: That's right. Every Tuesday night between seven and eight p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network. So, so we were over there at the Peter Knight show, and I was amazed at how many people actually took pictures of Miss Money Penny. But there was a lot of cool cars over there. Um, Tom Dupont does an excellent job with the cars and coffee. There was planes over there. There was helicopters. There was food. There was vendors. And there was a pretty decent selection of cars. There was a fair amount of muscle cars there. There was a 67 Shelby there. There was a 69 Roadrunner, 68 Roadrunner. In fact, one of the guys sitting in the Roadrunner, we were trying to figure out who that guy was. I, I, you know, like a lot of people, you know, people, you know, you stare at somebody for a while and they kind of look familiar. But I don't know if you guys watch that TV show. Is it on History Channel? Fat and Furious? No, Fat and Fat and something or really. other. What is it called? Oh, yeah, Fat and Furious. Is that it, Fat and Furious? Okay, it's about these three fat dudes. And one of them used to be the world's strongest redneck if you ever watched the YouTube video. And so you got the three fat guys that run a shop up in Ohio, which happens to belong to some friends of mine up there that deal in Mustangs. But they, for the purposes of the TV show, they they do this thing. And they might do a 64 Galaxy. They might do a Duster or a Dart. You know, they might do some sort of a muscle car. But basically what they do is like a lot of guys do yeah, for the purposes of the TV show, which is kind of funny. It's humorous, okay? You have to read between the lines. Like, keep in mind, it's all entertainment. A lot of these TV shows are. Those of us that wrench on cars, we know that it takes a long time to fix things. Like trying to put a master cylinder on an MGB GT took me four hours Two hours longer than the normal two hours that it should take to do it. But then again, I'm not that experienced and that familiar with the car. But I will say that the British car is relatively easy to work on. An MGB, great little car, cheap parts. And it's kind of like an American Mustang. A Mustang is pretty reasonable, pretty affordable to kind of tinker with. But anyway, so, uh, but they had uh, a lot of muscle cars over there. There was um, a couple Novas. There was a bunch of GTOs, Mustangs, of course, and tons of Ferraris, Lamborghini. In fact, Tampa Bay Ferrari was over there. They had a big display. Lamborghinis like you wouldn't believe, a lot of the tuner cars, there was a couple Skylines, right-hand drive Skylines, you know, which are real popular, the Nissans, and uh, the BMW Club was over there, the Audi Club was over there, so there was a good presence, good mix, Volkswagens, you name it, it was over there, so it was a lot of fun, so be sure and check out DuPont Registry, Cars and Coffee, it's not always at Peter Knight, it's usually at their headquarters over on Hamilton Road in Clearwater, and it's the DuPont Registry, Cars and Coffee, which is every... Uh, third Saturday of the month, right, Bobby? And then, of course, Reeves Import Motor Cars, they do their deal, which is the first Saturday of every month over at Reeves Import Motor Cars, which gets yourself some free coffee and some delicious beignets, right, Bobby? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The beignets are delicious. They're very tasty. And, uh, and then, of course, the highlight of the evening was the Legends of Rock concert. And we got to do a special, special little invite. We got to do a little meet and greet with uh, Mark Farner of Grand Funk Railroad. And, of course, Mark was our guest last night. And, uh, that was a pretty amazing concert we had uh, rick derringer was there he was the, the first guy out um no i think actually was uh, well actually he started playing guitar and he was also the backup band for pretty much everybody and uh mitch Ryder was there did a very good job now for a guy in his 70s he did damn good okay uh humorous funny guy we're actually gonna try to get him on the radio show because he was funny i like a guy like that and, uh, and he's got some great stories you know mitch Ryder and the detroit wheels of course his famous song is devil with the blue dress on and, uh, let's see, C.C. Rider, Yeah, that was it. any rate, let's see who else. Okay, so Rick Daringer was there, and, of course, he played rock and roll Hoochie Coo. That was great. I remember that song back in the day. In fact, I was joking with Mark Farner um, last week on the radio show, and uh, I, I still have it. My high school car, 72 Ranchero GT, which was pretty bad in the bone. It was a 12-second car in the street. So, anyway, I used to drive that car. And, of course, two of the songs I used to listen to all the time was Locomotion. It would come on because that came out in 73. And uh, Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo by Rick Derringer that came out back then. And then, of course, uh, in 75, uh, Bad Time. Those are, then, of course, American Band and uh, I'm Your Captain and all the other good songs. So, But I used to listen to those songs a lot. And, and when I hear those songs, it kind of takes me back to when I used to drive my car around and go out and street race and dates and things of that nature. But anyway, and then uh, the, the wrap-up band was uh, Starship. Now, one of the members in the Starship was... Uh, Get a hold of Jim, by any chance? Not yet. Give us a call, Jim. You know the number. Hey, Jim Shue, if you're out there, and of course he's got a weekly show here uh, at the Tan Talk Radio Network. We want to get uh, Jim Shue on the show, and two reasons: one, because next week he's he's pushing the uh, little concert that they're having in in uh, Oldsmar. Okay, because they had their celebration over mm-hmm. there. But Jim was also there in the backstage there in the meet meet and greet area with us with Mark Farnham. Now, if you go to our if you go to our Facebook page. There's a pretty interesting picture there, and you got to go check it out. I'm not going to describe it, but go check out the picture with Bobby, myself, Mark Farner, and Jim Shu from Going Coastal, which is the music radio show every Tuesday here on the Tantalk Radio Saturday, Network. Saturday. Saturday, 11 I'm sorry.
2: to 1 here on the Tantalk Radio Network. Yeah.
1: What did I say? I said on Tuesday. Tuesday, you oh, think? I'm, th- I'm thinking of us. Wow. Yeah, how about Who that? Who else
2: is on? Oh, us.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so uh, we we uh, we 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 hung out with Jim and 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 Miss Mona. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's uh, so that was pretty cool. But 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 the Jefferson Tarship guy. When they started introducing some of the guys in the band, and there's only the original. They had the original drummer, but one of the guys, uh, David Freiberg, they uh, mentioned that he started. He was one of the co-founders of Quicksilver Messenger Band, and uh, Quicksilver Messenger was a big rock and roll band, part of the San Francisco. Uh, you know, music scene back in the '60s, but they're based out of San Jose, and I used to listen to them when, I'm, when I was a kid. In fact, their 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 number one song back in the day was uh, "Fresh Air." Whoa! Bobby, why don't you go ahead and uh, drop something on, uh, on the turntable there for us real quick, and then uh, what we'll do is we'll take a little break. Are we staying on our clock here a little bit? Nope, not even close. Okay. Oh, hey, speaking of Grand Funk, this was actually one of his best songs, and uh, it was uh, one that was played more often than anything else, because he mentioned that the other day on the radio, and it's called Bad Time by Grand Funk. Hey, you're tuned into to Nostalgic Greenland Cars. We'll be right back. Bad time to be in love. Or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you.
2: Where can you find the best-tasting, authentic Caribbean food in Tampa Bay? It's all at Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant in downtown Largo. Island Vibes has delicious jerk chicken, fresh seafood, Caribbean soup, salad, sandwiches, and more. Don't miss happy hour from 4 p.m. to close and live entertainment on Friday nights. Check out Island Vibes Caribbean Restaurant at 351 West Bay Drive in Largo or call 727-240-4420. To check out their amazing Caribbean menu, visit SweetIslandVibes.com.
3: Hello, this is Brian Johnson of ASADC, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars.
1: Okay, we're back, and you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. That's right. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate that. Anyway, hey, today's Rib Tack Tuesday, Rib Shack Tuesday. Don't forget, check out our rib shacks friends over there. Give them a call, seven two seven. 501.99. We just played a commercial for him. But, but have
2: no fear. It can be a Rib Shack any day now, that, can that's, it? That's
1: true. That's true. That's true. Now, big shout out to my good friends over there at the Napa Know How Store on Summoner Boulevard. Dan, Dan, the MG Midget Man. Dan, if you're tuned in, hey, big shout out to you. He, he's, he's been really, really, really helpful. He's from Maine, moved down here. He's got a job there at uh, Napa for a while. And uh, very knowledgeable guy, very helpful. Give him a call down there. Their number is 727 585 3875. That's 727 585 35. No. 727-585-3875. I got it right this time. Dan at the Napa store down there on Missouri Avenue and Seminole. Actually, it's still Clearwater. But anyway, let's see. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to go to check out our good friend Jeff down at the cool shop. Now, that's the one store in town that will definitely make you say cool with a K. Hey, if you're into vintage toys, records, posters, electronic stuff, kind of like an a track maybe, an old vintage cassette player, how about lunch pails? How about all the toys that we used to play with as a kid, the little bang bang shoot 'em up little cap guns or little stuff from Ghostbusters or really cool memorabilia from 50s, 60s TV shows? Definitely check out Jeff's store down there, The Cool Shop. Can't miss it. Drive-by Missouri Avenue. He's got the big, did I say it right this time, Bobby? The big Stay Puff? Yes. Did I say it right yes. this time? The Stay Puff, uh, 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 what's that thing called? The little... Marshmallow uh, Man. Marshmallow Man, that's it. Yeah, give him a call down there. And what's his number? Wow, throw me a fish, throw me a fish. But anyway, <laughs> his, his number is 813-230-2019, 813-230-2019. That's Jeff at The Cool Shop. And, of course, don't forget to visit our new friends. Make sure you mention Nostalgia Gaming Cars and go check out Island Vibes for some really cool, I guess you would call it Caribbean food. Very, very good stuff. Their number again is 727-240-4420, 727-420-4420. And what's the big deal next weekend, Bobby, also? Clearwater Superboat races. That's right, Bright House Clearwater Superboat National Championships
2: in downtown Clearwater, Clearwater Beach, all around the town. Here, you will see the signs, you will hear the sounds of the boats. Join us. Get your tickets. ClearwaterSuperboat.com.
1: Yeah, right. Because next week we're going to have some special guests on from the Clearwater Superboat because we always do a post Superboat race show, don't we, Bobby? We do. We do. You know what we should have done? We should have done a. Uh, you know how the more background music is a hot rod. I should have had the race boats coming back, but we can do that next week. We can do that next week. So anyway, so Mark Farner did a great job. I mean, you know, he gets out there. He's got that Parker Fly guitar. That's what he plays. You know, and uh, a lot of these guys. You know, I mean, I'm a traditionalist. So I'm your basic Gibson guy and your basic Fender guy. And you know, when we had boxes and you had some Epiphones and a few things like that. Those are you know. But these guys nowadays, they got all these really cool groovy. Guitars that they play, and uh, and, they, and and they're kind of neat looking, you know. I mean, PRSs, which is Paul Reed's. Um, those are big guitars right now. I think uh, D- Tom Johnson from uh, Doobie Brothers plays one of those. Of course, Pat Simmons, you know, the traditionalist, he still uses a Fender Strat. And uh, let's see who else, a couple guys that we got, but maybe coming on our show that still play Fenders. And, uh, and, and and Gibson's. But uh, he he that guitar did very, very well, very much on key, and he played his songs pretty much like he did when they were new, which, that's one thing we like about bands, you know, when they when they go and they do the concert, you know, because people kind of remember, you know, I, don't, I can't explain, it's kind of like human nature. You start, you hear a song, you kind of remember the song, and all of a sudden you start kind of moving with the song a little bit, and you know exactly the song, the lyrics, the beats, the, the tempo, the whole nine yards, you know, but if somebody, if they take these songs and they change them a little bit, you know, they speed them up, slow them down, or they kind to put a little different spin, a little jazz on them, or something like that, then all of a sudden it throws you off, doesn't it, Bobby?
2: Yes, um, the way I look at it, there's uh, there's times when they do a very, I've seen a lot of musicians do a very creative job at, um, you know, remastering it, shall I say, the yeah. uh, song. Um, there's other times when it goes a little too far, sometimes that happens with cover bands, but most of the time when you hear an artist perform a, or a musician perform a song live that they You know, wrote years ago, but they did it live. They usually put a very, if it's not note for note, they usually put a very creative spin on it or remaster on it.
1: But I got to admit, I mean, that was amazing. And then the best part of the whole evening was when all the bands came on the stage. So now you got Darren, you got uh, Mitch Ryder, you got some of the original members from Jefferson Starship. And like I was talking about earlier, you know, that David Freiberg started. He was one of the co-founding members and singer and and guitarist and writer for uh, Quicksilver Messenger. And then later he went to Jefferson Airplane, which later evolved into Jefferson Starship. So here he is. He's jumping around on stage, rocking Mm -hmm. and rolling like the rest of the Mm guys. And he's 78 years old. That's right. That was impressive. You know, that is impressive yeah none of those guys are spring chickens anymore you know they're all pushing late 60s early 70s but for this guy to be 78 years old so he's two years away from 80 and he's hopping and bopping up there and his voice the clarity in his voice oh yes was great yes so it was an excellent concert if you do get a chance and the Legends of Rock come in your neighborhood definitely check them out hey, yes
2: and uh, Facebook on Facebook you can see the pictures on Facebook as I wrote, as I wrote on there you, you won't see that many legendary names on one stage very often.
1: No, 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 no. You gentlemen, when you do see them, it's at some major concert, someplace, you know, like maybe Shea Stadium or someplace like that or some big venue, someplace. But uh, to have them here in our own backyard at the Ruth Eckert Hall, a big shout out to our friends at Ruth Eckert, too, by the way. Bobby, why don't you go ahead and. Uh, oh, yeah. We got a little Almond Brothers. There's only one way into this break, and there's one way out. Hey, you're tuned into nostalgia greeting cars. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back with our special guest for the evening.
0: Position in deputy. Opposition is compromised. I say again. Opposition is compromised. Over. I can make it. Trust me. Where'd you learn to shoot? What Boy Scout, sir. Are you kidding me? No, sir. I can train you as an agent central intelligence you'd be working for me mostly undercover undercover give me another guy in the bench loitering up to no good definite threat guy in the gray sweater gray sweater gray sweater gray sweater don't forget what's right in front of you Ugh. gray sweater low iq terrible hygiene lousy with the ladies definite threat you work for the cia what is your connection i have no connection i thought spies drink martinis scotch never less than 12 years old would be the best damn breakfast I ever had. It's delicious, you love it. Of course, we have to make it to the end of the hour. You first. Age before beauty. Never risk your life for an asset. You want to mix business and pleasure? Make sure you keep it in that order. Did you mark her? Or was it the other way around? Am I getting
4: played? Oh, you're accusing me of lying
0: to you. Get out of the way! Is it hard to take a life? What obligation are you working for? Who hired you? I do not. What's your connection with the prison? No connection. Liar! I give you an order, you take it. It doesn't get any easier. Don't ever question me again. Don't tell me that! Don't tell me that! Don't tell me that! Don't tell me that! Don't just trade these people like they're baseball cards! It's not a game! Exactly what it is. It is serious and it it's dangerous, and it's not one you want to lose. You go off the reservation. I will not come after you. We are still to go. We're packed inside. We have no goat. Be sure you're doing it for the right reasons. You didn't look in his eyes. We don't believe. How do we expect them to? What else do I need to know? Put away some money so you can die someplace warm. This is Sterling Moss, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars.
1: Okay, we're back, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Now it's time to introduce my next special guest. Now, there's a lot of magazines out there, there's a lot of publications, but there's only a handful that rank at the top. Well, I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening my good friend and publisher of Vintage Motorsport Magazine, Mike Silverman. Mike, how are you doing? I'm terrific. How are you, Bob? Pretty good. Well, thank you very much for coming on Nostalgic Cleaner on Cars, and uh, how's things in sunny, dry Arizona?
4: A little warm, but uh, cooling off finally (laughs) after uh, 115 degrees in the summer. uh, We're down to the high 90s.
1: Oh, okay, and that's in the shade, right?
4: In the shade, and as they say, it's a dry heat.
1: (laughs) It's it's a dry It's It's a sauna. Well, more like an oven, but um, something like that. Something like that, okay. So, how you been? So, did you recuperate from Monterey? Because I know you had a lot of fun out there, and you were doing some daring dicing around with your friends in Ferraris, I understand. Uh
4: Yes, they, I was racing uh, my little MGA at the Monterey Motorsports Reunion, and uh, I haven't recovered because a week after that, we left to do events at, uh, I mean, we weren't racing, but we were working at uh the Lime Rock Historic Festival in Connecticut, and then we went to the U.S. Vintage Grand Prix at Watkins Glen. Oh, wow. So we we just got back a week ago.
3: Excellent.
4: A week from this Friday, we're heading for Sonoma Raceway, where we'll do our final race of the year.
3: Oh, okay.
1: Now, how often do you... you you, Do you ever go to any of the HSR events? Because I just had an event this weekend at Rhode Atlanta.
4: Uh, No, I haven't done an HSR event for a while. We did... um, I did one HSR event where we raced at Daytona, mm-hmm. um, which I'm happy to say is in my yup bag because, uh, you know, I was basically screaming in my race helmet for for three straight days.
1: <laughs> oh, is that screaming because you were having fun at the famous International Daytona Speedway?
4: I was having fun in a scary sort of way, yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> like what?
4: I, the first time you go into Daytona, you, you cross the track, you look to the left, it turned, I guess it's turn four. Yeah. Um, and I said, is that the outer retaining wall? Because it looked like a vertical wall. And <laughs> They said, no, that's the track. I said, and we're going to race on that in five-inch wide tires? And they said, yeah. I said, no, I'm not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's ser- uh, it's seriously banked.
4: Oh, yeah. It's about like a 30, I think it's 33 or 38-degree banking. I, you know, basically, if you walk up at your hands, you have to put your hands in front of you. Um, and you're actually touching the track as you walk up the track.
3: Yeah, that's it. It's, it's crazy.
1: <laughs> well, out of all the tracks that you've raced in the country, and I know you're a fairly aggressive and active racer, and you've been racing, what, since 2000? Which one do you like the best?
4: Oh, boy, I'd have to say uh, Laguna Seca. Okay. Because it's, uh, it's close, it's it's re- relatively safe, um, and it's a lot of fun. It's very technical, Um But, you know, it's also California. You never get rained out. The suns, the temperatures are always like mid-70s, so it's like perfect racing weather all the time.
1: Okay. That's, yeah, can't argue with that. Now, how about Sonoma?
4: Uh, Not my favorite. I haven't raced there for about 10 years. So next next couple, the next week will be kind of interesting. I'll have to take a refresher course on the whole layout of the track. You know, it's a lot like Laguna Seca where it's, it's, It's more of a handling track than a a power track.
0: Uh, It has a
4: lot of elevation changes.
1: I think that's fun, though. Don't you like that?
4: I love that. You know, Laguna Seca's got huge elevation changes.
1: And the corkscrew. Uh,
4: And the corkscrew, oh, yes. Which is, you basically, you aim at a specific tree, and I'm not going to tell you which one. (laughs) Um, As you go through the corkscrew and just close your eyes and get on the gas and trust that the car's going to end up in the right place at the bottom of the five-story drop.
1: That's it. <laughs> and the drift on when you come around the, the, the last turn of the cork street, because it's uh it's a decreasing turn.
4: Oh, yeah, turn nine, yeah. the left-hander, I, that's a re- it's a really fast corner. Uh, I like that corner. I, I usually pick up a lot of ground on guys there. You... And, then, of course, I lose it at four other corners. <laughs> so so how did go? I, if I was good, the Ferrari Scouts would have signed me already.
1: Oh, okay. So how'd that work out for you? Because uh, what's that like being in the middle of uh, cars that are twice as fast as you?
4: Uh, not necessarily twice as fast, but about a thousand times more expensive. Oh. Um, the, the the way Monterey does it, it's it's based on uh, the type of car and the period, not necessarily engine displacement. So there I was in a little MGA, sixteen uh, hundred CC pushrod engine. Uh, a 1957, and the, the right the race group was 1955 to 1962 GT. Mm. So at the front of the grid of 45 cars or so, we had three GTOs, and they weren't Pontiacs. <laughs> they were Ferrari GTOs worth $60 million apiece, followed by four short wheelbase 250 GT Ferraris uh, worth, I don't know, they were probably about 10 to $15 million apiece. So... I was racing tight with a short wheelbase, but I certainly didn't want to hit
1: him. And they didn't want to hit you either.
4: <laughs> uh, no, they don't. They they also don't want to they also apparently don't want to let you pass them. No, or uh, so it was great fun.
1: Yeah.
3: You know, I
4: raced with a guy I've raced with for years. Um and it was, you know, basically nose and tail the whole way. He'd gain on me on the straightaway, I'd catch him in the corners, and it was just great just to hear the V twelve Ferrari sing its song as he left me at the beginning of the straightaway.
1: So what other uh, small-bore cars were out there on the track with you?
4: Uh, a lot of Alfa Romeos or a few Alfa Romeos, a lot of bathtub Porsche 356s, you know, coops and, uh, and and roadsters. Um, there was a Sunbeam Alpine out there. Um, I think a, a BMW I've never seen before. It was like a pre-2002 type BMW. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but, you know, a mix of forty five cars there's always somebody to play with.
1: Okay. So no matter where you are. That's good. That's good. Let's talk a little bit about Monterey and uh the auctions and what are your thoughts on the end results? Now I think they came up with they were a little shy of what they did last year, but uh still pushing three hundred right. million.
4: Well the, the, the per car averages for the most part uh were down a bit, uh but not by much. Uh, the main thing is, last year, or in 2015, RM had a special collection of something like 40 cars that were big-dollar cars, uh, and they sold most of them, and so they had a three-day sale in 2015. This year, RM had a, a two-day sale, so there were about 50 high-dollar cars that weren't in the inventory, uh, which accounts for a large chunk of the, the dollar difference. Okay. Okay. Uh, but overall, the market is still decelerating. In terms, of prices are not going up uh, like they had since about twenty ten or eleven uh, quite a clip. Now they've they've either plateaued or they're actually going down for you know the higher volume production cars. I mean, even Jaguar E types, you know, they made probably three to five thousand a year. Um, that's not exactly what you call limited volume. Same thing with Porsches. You know, they made. A whole ton of nine-elevens, um, so the air-cooled portion market went crazy along with the E-types in the last three years or so, and that seems to have at least cooled off, or the the appreciation has now plateaued or decelerated slightly. Okay. But by the same token, there's three cars, three Jaguar D-types on the planet that have won Le Mans in 1955, 56, and 57. Well, one of them sold for a world record 20, was it $21 million? Mm-hmm. Uh So that's about $12 million over the previous record for a D-Type. I can tell you that the other two D-Type Le Mans winners, their owners are very happy right now.
1: <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. And since yeah. you're kind of a Jaguar guy, because you have one that you've had forever, your 68 E-Type Roadster, um, you got to be happy, too.
4: Uh, I'm happy, but, um, w- with price appreciation, but, um, frankly, I drive it every week when I can, if I'm in town, um, mm-hmm. cause that's what it's for. Yes. So I keep thinking, well, I could restore it to the ninth. So it becomes a trailer queen, but that would cost probably, you know, in the mid five figures to, to do it. Um, cause it's a really nice driver. It's about, you know, it's a Concorde winner in driven class. Uh, but what would I do? then I have to then I have to either park it because I wouldn't want to drive it if I just put a twenty thirty thousand dollar paint job on the car and then I'd, I could sell it but then I have to buy something else. Man, you know if what I want to go if I want to go you know driving a manual speed British sports car around,
1: yeah, See, so we're all on the same page there. So why restore one? Just buy a nice driver quality, depending on whatever driver quality that is, what you want. You know, so it could be like right. me—I drive rats—and you drive something really, really nice. And but drive them and have fun with them, right?
4: That's my thought. I—I um, I, well, it, it, as in this whole hobby, it's it, a lot of guys have different, as they say, different strokes for different folks. There are guys who want to, you know, be in a concour. Have the number 100-point car win all the, you know, whether it's the Ferrari or the Porsche or the, uh, you know, the, the Mustang Club uh, Concours. Um, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It, it's pretty expensive to, to get the car to that level and then let it sit parked in the garage. And as we all know, or as you know, I'm sure, mm-hmm. if you leave a car parked in a garage for a lengthy period of time, things start to rot or dry out um and when you actually want to drive it somewhere, you'll usually find out it, it may require a repair or two.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um,
4: you know, I mean, with Vintage Motorsport, the magazine, our, our motto is, I mean, we we have nothing against Concord. We we actually go to them and uh, we cover them. But in our view, with a car, rather than wax it, we'd rather use it to wax
1: the competition. There you go. I like that. We'll use it to wax the competition. Now you got you, you you talk about like when you were out in the tractor at Laguna Seca. So you got guys out there with genuine, bona fide, real live race history race prepared Ferrari GTOs and Oh know, yeah. That's I mean, you think about that guy. He's got like you said, you know those cars are 50, 60 million and they only made what? 30 or 40 of those cars? That's what the total production run? run? Uh about 34. Okay. So, you know, and 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 here he's out there and again, it's a relative term. Okay, he's out there having a good time with it, which is what he should be doing.
4: Oh, uh, listen! And God bless him for bringing him out. W- when else am I going to be behind the tailpipes of a, uh, a Ferrari GTO and hear it sing its song? Yes, you know, right in front of my nose.
1: The twelve cylinder Symp- sim- right. sy- symph- symphony.
4: Symphony. Right. sympathy. Something like it you goes. Know, something like. Wah, wah, wah. As he fades in the distance, of
1: course. Yes, yes. Uh, up the up the up the yes. hill there. Turn whatever it is there. Turn nine or whatever. No, no. Turn six. Turn six. Before you get to the, the corch. The
4: Salinas exit. Yeah, yeah there, that's it. On the gas, going up that big hill.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So you mentioned Vintage Motorsport. I was just going to get to that, but go ahead. And since you're the publisher and CEO of Vintage Motorsport magazine, which I think is one of the best magazines out there, because I love vintage race cars, tell us a little bit. Uh, about vintage motorsport and how it came to fruition.
4: Oh, uh, well, we're currently heading into our 35th year. Uh, vintage motorsport actually started as a quarterly uh, newsletter of one of the oldest vintage racing organizations out there, uh, the Southeastern Vintage Racing Association, which yeah. then changed its name to Sports Car Vintage Racing Association a few years later. Uh,
1: SVRA, right?
4: SVRA was founded... Pardon me?
1: SVRA, right.
4: That's correct, yeah. SVRA was founded by Ford Heacock, who was uh, currently the proprietor of Heacock Classic Car Insurance um, back in 1982. So Vintage Motorsport was technically their quarterly newsletter in a digest size. Uh, he then quickly expanded it probably three years later to magazine size. Um, and he was one of the first... Publishers ever to move to a a Macintosh digital publishing platform. Uh, they wrote about it, I think in time or Newsweek, way back when around 1985. Um, and so he was an early adapter and then the mag he sold the magazine when he sold SVRA. Um, and then the magazine was continuing and getting larger. It was at that point then, you know, perfect bound, uh, with the you know the, the trimmed copies, not saddle stitch, but a, a squared off uh, binder binding, um, and that got bigger and more successful. And here we are, thirty five years later. Uh, and I bought a controlling. I was the general manager of the magazine since about two thousand one or two thousand two, and I bought the magazine in twenty twelve, about four years ago. Okay. And we are—content The content is everything. If, if My view is um, the readers and the subscribers, those are our first customers, our first line of customers. If we don't have them, we don't have anybody who wants to advertise to those people. So the first order of business is make sure the content is blue-ribbon, award-winning, absolutely spot-on motorsport history content. And not just the history, but we also cover current advanced race events, uh, the the current auction scene, concours. You know, we we pretty much, it's a broad brush, but it's still focused on motorsport.
1: How many people do you have on your editorial team?
4: Uh, Well, we have probably, I think, the best editor in the business, uh, D. Randy Riggs. He's worked everywhere from uh, Cycle World to Corvette, and he's been our editor since 19... I want to say 95, thereabouts. So for about 20 years. Okay. Um, and total staff is it's a very small staff, maybe six people. Really? Yeah. Yes, we do a lot with a little, but uh, most, all, most of the articles are, are from freelancers, you know, from vetted automotive historians, professional photographers. You know, we have guys like Pete Lyons does a column for us. Jochen Moss, the Le Mans winner, does a column. Bert Levy... Uh, Does a column, you know, pure BS? The world's fastest novelist (laughs) does a column, and then we've got, you know, motorsport historians like Janos Wimpfen writing stories for us.
1: Well, I've got. It's not cheap. No, I can imagine.
4: Guys don't write for free. They
1: don't write for free. Okay. Should they? No, 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 no. But I will tell you this: that you know, because I get the publication every once in a while when I can get one. Um, Your the content. And subject matter is always, always interesting and inspiring. I mean, and of course, those of us that like vintage stuff and the old stories, some of us, you know, I can go back to the 70s and relate to a lot of the stuff, even in the 60s. And uh, so I will say that you put, you guys do a very, very good job putting together that magazine. I mean, it nicely laid out, great photography. I mean, beautiful um, photography on some of those cars and pictures, the history you do features all the time too, which I enjoy. Tell us a little bit about those and how you come up with those.
4: Uh, well, that's the, usually it's the writers and the editor, uh, Randy Riggs, um, work on the subject matter. I mean, the whole idea is it's almost like every issue we want every the readers to think that every issue coming in the mailbox is like Christmas because it's wrapped in a poly bag. So then they open it, they see the cover, and go "Ooh ah!" with the the so called salon shot. Or the money shot of the car on the cover. And you don't know what you're going to get in there until you open the wrapping paper. And then it's one surprise after another. That's sort of the way we approach it. Super. Um, I mean, I can tell you what's coming up in the next issue, which goes on sale October 27th or 25th.
1: Now, it comes out, is it every month or is it bi monthly?
4: Oh, no, it's bi monthly. Okay. Yeah, six issues a year plus a, we do a photo yearbook. Um, in the spring. Okay. It goes out with the March-April issue, and that's included in the subscription price.
1: Okay. And if I wanted, let's say I wanted to get a subscription, how would I go about doing it, and how much would it cost? Uh,
4: Well, there's two ways. You could go online and order with a credit card on our website at vintagemotorsport.com, or you can call our toll-free 800 number, which is 800-626-9937, and we're open 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., Monday through Friday, uh, Pacific, well, actually Mountain Mountain Time. So right now we're three hours behind Florida. Uh, uh, we're basically with California. But then in the winter, we go to two hours behind
1: Florida. Okay. Now, you the the magazine was actually started, like you said, by Fort Heacock, Heacock and Choice of Lakeland, Florida, and it was based in Lakeland for a long time. So now you've relocated, and so now where are you? Are you based out of California or based out of Arizona?
4: No, we're based out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay. Um, the 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 base story there is um, I've been running the magazine from my home, um, my home office here in Arizona, where I've lived for twenty years, and we had a big office, fifteen hundred square feet, in Florida. Um, and at one point, with either uh, illness or you know attrition, I had one accounting lady left in Florida, and I thought, well, this is, sounds like a good time to. To move the offices to my neighborhood, you know, disrupt the fewest lives possible, other than my own.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, well,
4: you know what that's like. Oh yeah. So we uh, we had twelve tons of back issues going all the way back to nineteen eighty two, in a store in three storage vaults in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, they need to say that weather wasn't very kind to a lot of the issues because it's, you know, hot and humid. Yep. Uh, whereas Arizona's at least dry storage. Yes. All it's, I guess you call it hot and dry storage. So we called the herd um, down to six tons uh, and shipped those out to Arizona while we moved the office. So six tons is still a lot of magazines.
1: That's and a if lot of magazines.
4: you need a back issue, go on the website and buy one because <laughs> we've got plenty of the good ones left. Um, but, you know... Basically, if an issue wasn't selling, uh, we cut the inventory down to say, 200 copies. So when they're gone, they're gone.
1: I got gotcha. you. Now the collector Some, We
4: were actually sold out of uh, probably 10 per, 20% of our issues,
3: uh-huh.
4: especially the older ones. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we, if we want to find any, we have to go on eBay and, and, and buy
1: them. <laughs> What's your circulation?
4: Uh, about 14 it's a niche magazine it's uh, 14,000 paid
1: mm-hmm.
4: around the US and and Europe uh, and pri- we're primarily subscription uh, it's about 50 50 subscriptions and newsstand I mean we' we're, we're actually one of the few vintage racing magazines uh, that still sells on the newsstands. you can get us at Barnes and Noble in just about any major market
1: mm-hmm. Your thoughts on digital the digital world digital yes yes
4: interesting. Uh, we've been on a we've had a tablet, you know, iPad or uh, or tablet version on the Apple Newsstand for about four years now, um, but I I ask and that's for the younger generation. I ask our customers who tend to be older uh, or the guys who are racing cars. It's not a poor man's sport, you know. You need discretionary income. Usually, guys start doing it once the kids are off to college um, and they they have a little money. Um, to spend, and and they're real gearheads at heart. Um, So they come to our booths at the races, and I asked them, I said, look, what if we stopped printing these magazines and just offered you a digital tablet version or uh, on your phone? And they grab me by the collar and say, we'd kill you. (laughs) They, they, They cite the following. They say, look, I'm an older guy. I want the magazine. It doesn't need a battery. You don't have to charge it. It doesn't need a plug. I can take it anywhere, and it looks good on the coffee table. Uh, so my wife leaves it alone. Uh, so that's that's the bottom line. These guys, are, you know, they, a lot of them have the digital version, but they they want the the copy they can hold in their hands.
1: Yeah, well, hey, uh, you know, I'm part of that generation too. So, you know, I uh, I like the magazine. I like looking at the pictures, and just like you said, when I get it in the mail and it's in that little wrapper, it's like a Christmas present.
4: There you go. The only thing we can't do is put a bow on it because it's against postal regulations.
1: Oh, okay. Hey, how about slipping a Hershey's uh, candy bar in there maybe once in a while? Of course, it would melt.
4: Yeah. It would, well, we did have the, or the the the, the chocolate sniffing dogs at the post office. Would be the
1: <laughs> Mike, we got a minute or two left, so uh, what other lies, tales, and stories you want to tell us? People love to hear a story. Want to give us a quick one?
4: Uh, well, let's see. I used to work at uh, Variety, the showbiz paper in Hollywood. Why we're not talking about Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie divorcing? You know, I'm sure that's the number one news story of the day. Is it? Uh, <laughs> but when I was working at Variety, I had to go work uh, and cover the first ever Manila International Film Festival, And I ended up going over there with a host of actors and and Hollywood execs like, um, oh, gosh, Ann Archer. And who's the real tan guy? George, what's his name? Um, Hamilton. George Hamilton, yeah. Um, And we ended up being invited on the presidential yacht. This is when Ferdinand Marcos was the absolute dictator of the Philippines, and his wife Imelda was uh, famous for a closet full of a thousand shoes. Um, And she used to be a a torch singer. Um, So there we were on the presidential yacht, which is a converted U.S. Navy minesweeper. I mean, it's huge. Had a huge wooden deck that was like for parties and and dancing and and shows. And she got up there and started singing, um, showing us how good she was at singing. So she sang, you know, feeling... Nothing more than feeling,
3: <laughs> trying
4: to forget. <clears throat> so I did a new act review for Variety, since no one had ever reviewed Imelda Marcos. Um, and I tried to send it out by Telex, which was, the, of course, monitored. Um, I thought as I was sending this, it was a pan, too, because she wasn't really that good of a singer. <laughs> nice lady, but she couldn't sing. Uh, and I thought they were going to stuff me in a bag and dump me in Manila Bay. Um and luckily that didn't happen.
1: But um, Mike, we're yeah, going to have to we're gonna have to have figure for stories. I'm just about up against the clock here. Mike, I want to thank you very much for coming on okay. Nostalgic Riddle in Cars. We'll finish that story the next time. I want to thank my special guest, Mike Silverman, Vintage Motorsport Magazine publisher. Hey, don't forget to check out our radio show every Tuesday night, 10. No, we're 7, 8 p.m. on the 10 Talk Radio Network. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. I found an
0: island in your arms mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a feller in there will pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay.
3: Listen.